Lord bless you. Amen. All right. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, this morning to John 10. 10. I have one verse that we're going to preach out of this morning. And I'm going to be in different verses throughout the different weeks. But this is where we're going to start this morning. And I want us to stand in honor of God's Word. This is a very familiar verse, but I pray today that it would... I don't know about you, but I read, I read the Bible lots of times. I read the same thing over and over again. But there are times when God comes and makes it new again, and, and you're like, this, this, is really, this is really what God says. And this is what happened to me this week as I was reading this. And God just put a, I wouldn't say a vision on my heart, but he just started throwing things into me. And, and, uh, and this idea of life that we were made to thrive, that life is, we can have life to the full. And, and I just started thinking, I can have, if this is true, then I can have life to the full with my kids. And next Sunday, the kids will be in here. So next Sunday, we're going to talk about life to the full with our children. How does that look like? What do I have to do? And we're going to try to give you some things that you can actually do. Uh, and I thought about, I can have life to the full with my spouse. I can have that. That's possible. God says that I can have this <coughs> full life. And so I can have life to the full with my spouse. And so the next week we're going to talk about that. And then I believe that God calls us to life in the full of the community. And I think sometimes we come and we're part of the church, but the truth of the matter is I know this and I understand this and it breaks my heart and I try to help you into the community and help you be part of it, but I know that I fail at this sometimes. But I want you to, if you want to, have life to the full in the community of the church, we're going to talk about how you can do that. What are some things that you can do to be part of the church instead of just being an attender of church, but to be really get in and, and be part of that? And so that's what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks. And anytime we, we really start to think about things, we have to, we have to say, am I really going to do this? And so I'm giving you a little sheet of paper and it, and it has it there. I've got some things that I want you to ask when you get home. I want you to sit down and don't just, don't just go home and say, you know, Boy, didn't he do a bad job today like you normally do. <laughs> no. Go home and say, what does the word have to say to me today? And really think about it. I want you to do that this week. And uh, God, God has something. I know he does. I know he has something that he wants to show you. I know he seeks a full life for you. And so, uh, so I want you to be praying in that way. Let's read Bible, this this morning. This God. is my Bible, the I living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth. It never changes and can never be destroyed. Right now my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. There's two contrasts here. Jesus gives two contrasts in one verse. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's one choice. You can, you can be part of that. There, there is that. 
But then he says, but this is why I came. I have come that you may have life to that you may have life and have it to the full. Literally, it means if you read in the Amplified, it says that you can have life in abundance. You can have life to overflowing. And so Jesus really sets across the, the two the two contrasts here. Satan has this for you, but this is what I have for you. And so, what are you going to have? What do you want to pick? This is like this is like a no brainer. But yet sometimes we pick wrong. And so we're going to talk about that this week. I mean, these next few weeks. Let's pray. Father, today, I pray your Holy Spirit will come. That you would help us to believe that it is possible, no matter what the situation is of our life, no matter what's going on, no matter what our health is, no matter what our finances, no matter what our job, no matter what our relationships are with others. Father, I can have a life in you that thrives and I can have abundance. And Father, I pray that you would help us to change. And maybe there's some things we need to change up in our lives so that we can have this life. Father, show us those things and give us the courage to change them these next few weeks. Speak to us, God, and let us hear. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. How many times have you heard when someone dies, they said, well, they had a full life. They lived a full life. Don't you want it to be able to be said that when you pass away, you don't want someone to say, well, you know, I really don't think they had a full life. I really don't think they really enjoyed life so much. I don't think they had a full life. In fact, I don't think they really lived life at all. You don't want that to be said about you. I think if we gave anybody a choice, we'd say, do you want to have a, a life of a full life or a life of abundance or a life that has no meaning whatsoever, I think people would say, I would rather have a a full life. I would rather have a life of abundance. And so Jesus gives us these two contrasts in this one verse. And and first of all, he tells us the choice that we have with the enemy. He says that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And I think sometimes we forget or we just don't think about the fact that we have an enemy. I think it's hard for us to understand enemy when we live in a world that we live in with with the things that we have. It's hard for us to think of enemy. We don't have anybody trying to kill us or anybody uh, that's uh, trying to hurt us really where we're where we're at. But so it's hard for us to understand enemy. But you have to understand that there is one who seeks to kill you, who seeks to destroy you, who is bent on continuously destroying you. If you're a Christian in Syria, I was talking about this Sunday night, in Syria right now, uh, the Muslims will come and they will mark Nazarene, literally the word means Nazarene on the door, meaning Christian, of your house. And if that mark is on your door, many of the the Christians in Syria are are right now, they won't go home at night because they're afraid they're going to be killed in the night. And so they sleep out in the woods, they sleep out in the fields. They understand enemy. They understand what enemy is. They understand that there is someone that is out there trying to destroy them. Do you know that we have a similar, a similar enemy? Satan is out to destroy you. He is out to destroy your family. He's out to destroy your kids. You know, we just sat up here and we had Lydia and Jonah and they were so cute. That's just a cute little family, wasn't it? You know that Satan hates them? He can't stand them. You're like, well, why wouldn't he like Eric and Sean? They're so nice. Why wouldn't he? He hates them. He can't stand them. 
If he could, he would just stomp the whole thing and destroy it. He wants to, he wants to take their marriage and rip it apart. He wants those kids to have a, a miserable life. That's what he seeks. But it's hard for us to see that because it's, 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 not, it's not visible. It's not, we're not ducking bullets or anything like that. But it is out there every day. Do you understand that? That when you get up in the morning, Satan is there seeking to destroy us, but we just become oblivious to it. And we need not be because Jesus says that he's come to destroy and kill and steal. What does he come to steal? I started thinking about, why does it say, why does Jesus say these three, three things? He says, steal, kill, and destroy. What would Satan seek to steal? And I just started thinking, what would Satan want to steal from you? The first thing I think Satan seeks to steal is your joy. I think Satan just wants to take all the joy out of your life. Now, I want to tell you, I'm not talking about happiness here. God never promises us happiness at all. But he promises us joy. Happiness has to do with what's happening. If everything's going well and and things are happening good in my life, then I am happy. You can have joy and things be going terrible. But Satan seeks to seek, Satan seeks to steal the joy out of your life. He seeks to steal uh, that, that, that good, the, 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 the feeling that you know that you are doing what God wants you to do. He seeks to steal that away. He seeks to steal your peace away. Satan seeks to steal away your peace. He wants you to be worked up and worried and thinking about things all the time. Have you ever wondered, I, you know, I think we have all this information in the world today, and I think information is good, but I think Satan uses those things to keep us worked up and worried all the time, to steal our peace. If you, if you watch the news and, and, and things like that, you can get worried about our government, you can get worried about school, People worry about their jobs, they worry about future, they worry about money, they worry about retiring, they worry about their health, they worry about their family. And Satan seeks to take all these things and work them up until you got no peace. Have you ever, I know this has never happened to anybody here, but it's happened to me. It gets quiet at night and I'm laying in bed. And if you start thinking about things, you can just get yourself in a panic about stuff. You know, you start thinking about retiring, you start thinking about your health, you start thinking about, you know, your kids and uh, uh, the, the, about their jobs, and you start thinking, that, then you got grandkids coming up in this sorry world that we live in. And I know you've never worried about any of those things, but I, I mean, sometimes I just have to say, God, I know you're in charge, and I know you're going to take care of it. And Satan, I can feel him coming in trying to steal my peace. But I have peace knowing that God is in charge of all of it. He's in charge of my little grandbabies. He's in charge of my life. He can take care of it. Don't let Satan steal your peace. He's a real enemy and he seeks to steal your peace and your joy. Then Satan seeks to kill you. Satan seeks... He, he would like to destroy you physically. He wants to... Why do you think that we have so many bad habits that are so bad for us? Why, why, why do we have so many... Because Satan seeks to destroy us. 
We have, we have, uh, there's drinking and drugs and sexual sin are so prevalent. Why do you think that food tastes so good? Satan would seek to destroy us with food. That's, that's my thing. Satan would seek to destroy me. As I was reading this this week, and I was talking to somebody else this week, I mean, Satan would seek to destroy me with food. And so we have to find these things that we know that Satan seeks to destroy us with, and we have to look at them and be honest with it. With our finances, Satan seeks to get us in debt and to get us in this place of overspending to keep us from thriving, to kill our families. You know, there's two things that bust up families, and we'll talk about this. One of them is usually, there's usually, it's either one or two. It's either unfaithfulness or finances. It's always one of the two. It's always one of the two. And you'll, always, you'll, you'll, you'll find out that it's always one of the two. Well, Satan seeks to get us in this place to where our, our finances are killing us. And he wants, to, he wants to destroy us through this. And Satan seeks to kill and destroy. He seeks to destroy the image of God in your home. Why do you think, he, why do you think he's so dead set on destroying marriage? There's nothing that Satan would seek to do more. And I'm just talking about the Yarnells because we were here this morning and that's a picture. He would seek to destroy that so that, there, so that Jonah and Lydia's image of God would somehow be messed up. That's, isn't he evil? You know how evil that is? To go into and try to seek to get into a perfectly good home and mess it up. But Jesus says, and he contrasts all this, he says, I seek that you would have a full life. I seek that you would have a wonderful marriage. I would seek that your time with your kids, instead of being something that you're like, oh man, I can hardly wait till they get out of the house, that you could say, man, I sure have enjoyed having my kids with me and I'm so glad and, I, and I've raised them up and, I, and I'm sending them off and, I'm, and, and God is, is, is blessing them. He would seek for you to have that kind of a life. He seeks for you to have a, 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 a thriving life in your church, a th- thriving life in your home. So Satan wants to destroy, but God would seek that we would have a life that thrives. We have an enemy that, that never takes a day off. He never says, you know, I was kind of tough on you yesterday. I was kind of hard on you yesterday. I really pushed on you hard yesterday, so I'm just going to give you a day off. Here's the deal, folks. If Satan can get you down, he wants to put his foot on your neck and crush you. He never quits. So don't think that that's ever going to quit. The only way you can overcome Satan is with the overcomer. And Jesus is the one that gives us power to overdo that. I mean, to overcome that. And so in the midst of this, it sounds like, it sounds like Jesus is, I mean, he is so, this is so, this news is so bad. He says, you have an enemy that seeks to kill and destroy and steal. And you're like, oh, oh. 
And he's, and he's honest. He's being honest with us. He says, this is real. This is true. You're going to face this every day. An enemy never quits. And it's going to be day after day after day after day. And not only you are going to be in it, but your family is going to be in it. Your marriage is going to be under attack all the time. Your kids are going to be attacked all, all the time. You're going to have it in your finances. You're going to have it in your home. You're going to have it at work. It's attack, 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 attack. And you're thinking, oh, but he said, I didn't come for that. That's what Satan seeks to do. But in the midst of this, in the midst of the attack, you can have life to the full. And this is really good news because Jesus says in the midst of the muck and the grime and the junk and the midst of all the attack of the enemy, you can still have life to the full. And that's good news today. That's what we need to believe in, and not just life to the full, but this abundance, this, this overflowing. And Jesus says there's a sharp contrast. There's the life that the enemy has for you, but my life is full. And even though the enemy is there and he doesn't say the enemy's gone, the enemy is defeated, but that doesn't mean he's still not going to try to mess things up. He says, but even though he's trying to mess things up, you can still have life to the full. He cannot keep you from having life to the full unless you let him. <coughs> and Jesus says that we can thrive even when the enemy is trying to destroy us. Even though the enemy tries to kill us day after day after day, we can have life to the full. We can have a life that thrives. So we're going to try to take 30 days to figure out how do I get to this place of thrive. Does, does anybody here want to have the old steal, rob, and kill? Anybody interested in that? Anybody interested in thrive? Nobody? Got four or five. Okay. Really thought we'd have more than that. <laughs> I want to thrive, man. I want to thrive. I want what God has for me. And each week you're going to have homework and we're going to have different questions, but they're going to kind of be the same, but they're going to be after a different, uh, a different uh, area each week. And so you're going to answer these questions and try to figure out, is there something that I can do? I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord is, is convicting me on, you know, I, I think my weight is keeping me from thriving. I think I could be a professional basketball player. I think I could. If I just drop a hondo, I could, I still think I could make it in the pros. I could thrive. So that's what I'm, I'm that, no. I can't jump on top of a dollar bill, all right? So, but I do think that maybe there's some health issues in my life that's keeping me from thriving. I mean, and as I was reading this, I was like, ah, why are you convicting me on this? Because God wants me to thrive. And, let's, and so let's just, I want, we're going to ask, is, is there maybe there's someone here who, if you would get off social media, you would thrive. Maybe that, I'm telling you what, I just, I get a little bit of social media from my wife and she reads me some stuff. And I'm telling you what, if you immersed yourself in that, it could just bury you. I'm telling you, it could bury you, okay? And so we need to be really honest. 
You need to be really honest. I've been very honest with you. You need to be very honest with yourself. Is this burying me? Is this keeping me from thriving? Is my spending habits, is my spending keeping me from thriving? Is watching TV keeping me from thriving? Is, is my prayer habits keeping me from thriving? Is the music I listen to keeping me from thriving? Is the way that I pray or the lack of prayer in my life keeping me from thriving? Is my giving keeping me from thriving? Be, let's just be honest. If we're ever going to get to thrive, we have to figure out what does thrive look like and how do I get there? And we may have to change some things, and that's okay. And change is hard. But if we're really going to be honest, we need to ask these questions and then say, then what do I do? Or you can just walk out of here and not let God's word say anything to you. Or you can walk out of here, answer some questions, and it may be a pivotal changing point in your life. That's what I'm praying for. Each of you, if you have been saved, there was a moment when God came and you saw what a wretched sinner you were and you said, I'm not going to be this way anymore. And God came and changed you. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be more of those moments in your life. It's not just, well, hey, I got saved and everything is okay. God doesn't seek to just, you know, you're saved and then, hey, good luck with you. You know, go on, have fun. God seeks to, to give us this life of abundance. He seeks to save us and then give us a life of abundance. And we can't stay doing the things of the world and have a life of abundance. I'm going to tell you what. I'm, I am excited about what God's going to do in somebody's home, in somebody's marriage, in somebody's family. I stay, I'm, I'm not kidding. And you can ask my wife. There's a few moments that I slept last night. But most of the night, I was awake. And I was just like, God, let me go to sleep for crying out loud. Let me sleep. And he was like, no, you need to be praying. And I was like, what do I need to be praying about? He said, praying for Thrive. Praying for Thrive. Praying that people would thrive. Not, not that I have all the answers, but the Word does. And I, I, I tell you, I, I laid in bed and I prayed over and over and over last night. Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit would speak to someone. Pray the Holy Spirit would, that's all I could pray. That God would come in today somehow and speak to you. So, so these are the questions. I think, they're in, I think they're in your little thing. You have, you have four questions. I'm making sure that I don't even know where they are. I got them written. I, I think these are pretty much the same. Am I thriving? The first place you have to say, you got to just be dead honest. And you're standing before God, not before me, and just be honest. Am I thriving in Jesus? Am I thriving in Jesus? Be honest. And would you honestly look at your life and say, man, I am, man, I'm rolling. I am thriving. I am doing, there is nothing left for God to teach me. Wrong. I don't care if you think you are just hitting it on all eight cylinders. There is something more that God wants to show you. So you, you, and then, and then there's somebody on the plum other end of this and you're like, man, I'm just barely hanging on. Okay. All right. This is for you. 
You, we we got to be honest. Hey, I'm barely hanging on. I really need some thrive. Or there's somebody else says, I'm thriving, but I want to thrive more. So we have to ask, ask yourself the question and be honest. Your life may be great, but is there something more that God would want to say to you? Is there something that you could have? Be honest. Is my life thriving? And then the second question, which I think is just as important, what keeps me from thriving? Okay? Now, this would be something good for you to sit down with your wife or your kids or somebody, somebody you love and someone you trust. Don't sit down with someone that doesn't like you and ask this question. But someone who loves you and say, is there something that I could do that would help me thrive? Now, this would not be the chance for you to just pound somebody over the head, but you need to be honest. You know, me and Cindy are going to sit down. I can trust Cindy. I can trust her. She'll come to me every now and then, and she'll say, okay, now, I got to tell you something. And you know I love you. (laughs) So when she says that, man, I put my shield up. I'll be like, all right, here we go. And she'll go, you know, what you said... That, that wasn't, that didn't come out quite right. If you're like, I, sometimes I say something about kids and she go, I, I felt every mother in there go. And I'd be like, oh, sorry. You know, you know, I have to, I have to watch that. There's things that I don't say anymore that I used to say because Cindy was nice enough to come and say, you know, that, that didn't come out quite right. So ask this, ask this, what keeps me, ask yourself what keeps me from thriving. And then you may need to ask someone else, what do you, what do you think is keeping me from thriving? And be nice about it. Let's be honest. If we're ever going to get better, we're going to have to be honest about this stuff. And so sit down with your spouse or, or whatever and, and say, what's keeping me from thriving? And be honest, is my finances keeping me from thriving? Have I put myself in a place that I can't thrive? Is there some health changes that I could make that could help me thrive? Is there something I need to change in relationships? There may be some relationships that you need to ditch. Now, this is not your wife, okay, or your spouse. <laughs> I, I, oh, man. <laughs> I had my my mother had someone in her family and and they came home and from church one day and said, "You know, the Lord told me to divorce you." I was like, "No, they didn't. He don't say that." So that's not what I'm saying. But maybe there's some relationships that is not helping you thrive. You know, there might be some people in your life that are downers or pulling you down or 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 they're they don't see things the way God sees. You may need to get loose of some relationships there. Maybe there's a habit that you have that has control of you that if you got rid of, it could help you thrive. Okay? I'm just throwing stuff out here. What do I need? The third question, what do I need to let go of to thrive? There may be some things that if you reduced in your life a little, that it would help you. Do I, and these are the questions I ask myself, Am I, am, I, am I putting too much emphasis on, on my hobbies? Maybe, and I'm not here right now with my kids, but maybe your kids have put so many things in your life that you are too busy to do what God wants you to do. You may need to cut back and you say, well, pastor, what are those things? I don't know. I have no idea. But you need to be really honest. Have I filled my life with so many things? Maybe there's some things I need to let go. And uh, 
Maybe there, do, do I need all the things I own? Could I thrive with less stuff? Let's, let's just be really honest about that. Maybe it would free up some more of my time and resources if I kind of downsized. I don't know. Have you ever had a garage sale? We had a garage sale one time and I was, and I, my whole garage was full of stuff that needed to be sold. And I told my wife, I said, you know, it takes a lot of stuff to be us. <laughs> it's like, I don't need, you ever have a gar- garage sales are weird. People come in and look at your stuff and they don't want it. And it's offensive. You don't want it either, but they don't want it. And you're like, well, how come you don't want my stuff? Well, I don't want it either. It's just, anyway, I'm just, I'm digressing. But maybe there's some stuff you, maybe you need to let go of some stuff. Maybe that if you let go of some stuff, it would free you up. And the fourth thing is, what do I need to add to my life to thrive? Maybe there's some things that I need to add to my life. I'm, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, church attendance. And I'm just saying this. Would, would being in church more help you thrive? And you say, oh, pastor, you're just saying that because you're a pastor. So it's still, it's, still good, it's still good stuff. Maybe if I was, we were talking about this morning in Sunday school class. Maybe if I was in the community more, that would help me thrive. Do you know that Jesus was in community all the time? He surrounded himself by his followers, but he was in community all the time. Community helps us. And so maybe this is something. Maybe you need to add some more Bible reading to it. You know, this would be a good time. In the next 30 days, I'm going to read the Bible every, every, every day. You could read the Psalms. You could read one a day for the next 30 days. Easy. Find something. Just read it. Prayer. If I prayed more, would that help me thrive? I don't know anybody who prays too much. I, I don't think God ever goes, okay, all right, I've hurt. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, you, you, you've prayed enough, go do something else. He never says that. He says, never stop. Just continuously ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. And so, maybe you need to add that. I don't know what it is. Maybe you need to be more thankful. So this is what I want you to do. You got your little paper in the bulletin. Go home one night, tonight, tomorrow night. Shut everything off. Shut the TV off. Shut everything off. And answer these questions personally. And then ask them as your family. And I would pray that you would pray that God would show up and show you what do I need to do different to thrive and then do it. It's easy to stay where you are because that's easy. It's easy just to go home and say, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to watch TV. And if you do that, you're never going to get to thrive unless you start asking these questions. Unless you start really taking seriously, unless you and, and, and you, and you might say, well, you know, I'm just happy where I am, and so I don't want to thrive. That's not what God has for us. God has for us something better. No, where you are, no matter where you are, God has something better for you. And it would be good for all of us to ask these questions. In life, there are moments when you decide to do something, and life is never the same. I'm praying that these few days might be one of those moments in your life.
We had a, a family a few years ago, and I was speaking about stewardship. I, had, I spoke about it all the, mo- the month of January. And at the end of that, I, I, I said, is there anybody that during this month that, that God has spoken to you that has, has laid on your heart that you need to start tithing? If there is, I want you to come up, I want you to come forward, and then I want someone who has been tithing to come stand behind you, and we're going to be praying for you. Had this family that came up, and, and, and this lady, I mean, she's a number, she's a numbers lady. I mean, she's just numbers. And she goes, it's impossible, we can't do this. I was like, no, you just need to do it. She goes, no, there's, you, you don't understand. I've added it all up. I can't, I can't do this. Basically, I can't do what God tells me to do here. I said, just do it, just do it. So they did. And it changed everything. I mean, God started providing in, in, their, in her husband's job, and, and it drew them closer to him, and, and they had faith that they'd never had before. And it was one moment where they said yes, and God came in and changed everything. And many of you have had a moment like that. This could be one of those moments in your life where you say, I really want in the midst of a place where Satan seeks to steal, kill, and destroy, God says I can thrive and take him at his word and believe him. And it could change everything. And I'm just telling you, I know enough people to know that in a group this size, there's some people that aren't thriving And if we were dead honest, you'd say, man, I'm barely getting by. And I want to thrive. And I'm going to tell you, the word says if we seek him, he will be found. And Jesus says, this is what I promised. Does that mean everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows? No. But you can be thriving in the midst of a sinful world. I believe it with all my heart. I want us to stand this morning. Jimmy, I want you, Jimmy and Missy, I want you to come. Lance. I didn't really know how I wanted to close this this morning because this, we're not talking about not really talking about sin or anything like that i'm talking about man i want all that god has for me and the thing about it is and i thought well i'm just going to preach this and i'm going to tell you i didn't know where i was going to end until just now we can preach this and say uh okay that sounds good and then we can go home but the word always asks for response it always does the word always asks for response And there's something about when we come forward that holds us accountable. Now, does that mean that if you come forward this morning that everybody's going to say, hey, I guess their life is falling apart? No. Man, you could be, I feel like I'm thriving, and yet the Word has spoken to my heart on some issues in life. But maybe this morning you would say, you know, I'm going to have the church hold me accountable, and Pastor, I have seen areas in my life where I am not thriving and I want to thrive. And just by coming down this morning, you're just saying, God, 
I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to sit down with me and my wife. We're going to sit down. We're going to ask these questions. We're going to sit down with our kids. And we're not going to settle for the humdrum of life. We're going to, we're going to thrive this morning. And if the Lord has spoken to you today and that's you, then I just want you to come and we're going to pray together. And you're just saying, man, I just want to thrive. Whatever God has for me, I want. I don't know what that is, but whatever it is, I want it. And if the Lord has spoken, I'm not asking everybody to respond this morning, but you know if God has asked you to respond this morning and just come down and pray and say, God, whatever it is I'm going to do, let's sing together. The altars are open. Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer. Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. All our hope is in you, all our hope is in you, all the glory to you, God, the light of the world, Jesus Messiah. Name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus Messiah. 